powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Good morning, or maybe good afternoon, depending on when you're joining us. The Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions bump. Defeating the Eagles last night, 38-35. to 35. We're going to talk about that call. We're going to talk about Mahomes. We're going to talk about everything. And we're starting with our immediate takeaways. Bump, how's it going? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Uh, where'd you watch the game? With whom did you watch the game? What stood out? Uh, I watched the game with my children and wife on our couch that I don't allow my dog to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> she's salty about that, I'm sure. Oh, she's so salty. We got a puppy now, too. So the kids bring the puppy on the couch. I'm like, nah, no, I'll get the puppy no. used to that. And the, my dog's sitting there like, what's up? You're letting the puppy on the couch. <laughs> wow, and I've been here. Right? I've, I've been I've been loyal. Wow. But no, You're I watched, real brand new. Brand new. Brand spanking new. <laughs> but I watched the game with the family. And uh, it was cool. This was the first Super Bowl where my kids were, like, locked in. Mm. My daughter, she's eight. She was more locked into yeah. the halftime show. Yeah. My two boys, though, we're talking, and my son's making a good observation. I'm like, dang, son, I see you over there. Like, you're really appreciating this game. The wife is on her phone just scrolling, <laughs> doing stuff. You know what I mean? So it was it was low-key. I had me one beverage, didn't rage like I would in my younger yeah. days. You know, go Cougs. Good night. Go Cougs. How was how was yours? It was you good. Watch? I mean, uh, I watched with uh, with my roommate and our boyfriend. We kept it very low-key, just hanging out. We did, though, during that Tubi commercial— Okay, look. Stressful. Some people freaked out and you thought, oh my God, I did something. And then in some households, there is the person who always messes something up. They always sit on the remote. They always click something. They don't know how to do anything. And that person in my household was my roommate. So we both turned to her and yelled at her. And then the commercial ended and I felt bad. <laughs> Can so, I admit that I'm that guy in my house? That's fine. I roll over on the remote. Exactly. Something always happens. Always. It's always one person. I mean, there were some households when they were like, what happened? But many households, you know exactly who you turn to. And uh, you also know if you were the one people were turning to. That commercial, man, caused a lot of a lot of heart attacks all across the country. Uh, let's talk about the game. Um, I got uh, my reaction that stands out the most, but there's so much to take away from this. Let's talk about just your lingering thought heading out of this one. What's really sticking with you? What's really sticking with me is that Jalen Hurts is for real. He's yeah. for real. The dude played a great game. You can't ignore that fumble that he had, but he played a great game. Also, there was some play calling that I really appreciated during this game. Things were set up for quarters and minutes prior, and then you see it in Brazil. We'll talk about that more. And also what stood out to me was just how there was a tell of two halves. Philly was the dominant, violent team in the first half. Then the Chiefs came back the second half and said, hold up, wait a minute. We got we got some things to do out here, too. So I love that it was a great game all the way until the end. That's the way the Super Bowl should be. You got the MVP of the league, and then you have the number two, the runner-up for the MVP of the league, and they went at it. I appreciated just the quality mm-hmm. of this game. This game in the first quarter, certainly, but in the first half, not only did it feel like it was getting away from the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes' injury, I thought they were done, mm-hmm. but also it felt like it should have been like maybe a two-score lead for the Eagles right. instead of as close as it was like, I mean a full, like a two touchdown lead as right. opposed to like 10 points or fewer. Um, but I agree. I mean, I know that you were rem- reminiscing and I know that you said Robbie Gold's uh, words were kind of heading, going through your head leading up to the game. Uh, he was none too kind 
to uh, to Jalen Hurts. I mean, all of the 49ers were kind of talking smack, but Robbie Gold, if you'll remember, had this to say. And I'm not taking anything away from Philly. I think they're a really good football team. Uh, obviously, they have to be a good football team to get there. Uh, and they've done it pretty convincingly. Um, and they haven't really had to play in the playoffs a full game yet, right? So you get in a game where they're down. Um, you know, obviously... Kansas City gets up on them early. It might take them a little bit out of their game with a run plan, which I'm assuming they're going to try to get going first to get Jalen Hurts going. But if you make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, um, you're going to have a, probably a pretty solid day on defense. If you make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, you're going to have a pretty solid day on defense. Bump, I know that was ruminating in Ma- your mind. <laughs> I was thinking about it all game. Yeah, Make him play quarterback. Excuse me, sir. He's the runner-up for the MVP. Make him play quarterback. My guy was 27 to 38, 304 for one touchdown. I believe he was like 17 of 22 in the first half. Accounted for four touchdowns overall. And he carried the team. You know, he carried the team. If Jalen Hurts doesn't play the way that he played, mm-hmm. then Philly's not even in it. So, I mean, Robbie Gold, I'm not going to go hard on him like I did last week. He is a should. professional football player. He's maybe <laughs> maybe he watches more film than I give him credit for. But it's just funny that you say that about the guy who finished runner-up yeah. for the MVP award. Jalen Hurts looked like he needs to be inserted into the conversation as one of the young, great quarterbacks in this league. We're going to talk more about Jalen Hurts coming up at 1045. Let's get to the winning quarterback and winning team because my big takeaway bump, and I know you also feel the same, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs off is actually everything it's cracked up to be. I think we get used to winning, we get used to greatness, and we keep thinking the other shoe is going to drop. We keep thinking, like, when is this not going to work for Kansas City? And it turns out that it still works. The Chiefs averaged 6.4 yards per play against an Eagles defense that limited opponents to 4.7 yards per play during the regular season. That was first. It didn't even matter. Credit Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy in their bag with some of that play-calling bump. What'd you see? Man, I saw... Look, the Chiefs ran 53 plays. Philly ran at 70-plus, maybe 71, 72 plays, yet they were able to pull pull this game off. How? Clutch moments. Mahomes now, he rolls his ankle. He's he's wincing. He's limping to the sideline. In my head, I'm thinking, man, if he does not play, it's a wrap. I didn't think he'd come back. It is over. But then he comes back, breaks off a couple of runs to pick a first down, some clutchness, was mobile in the pocket. Now, he just showed that he can fight through injury. Now, I don't know how hurt he actually was. I'm not going to question him. All right, this dude showed that he was prepared for the moment and ready to go. He battled. Then you see Travis Kelsey get the get the show going, and then you start seeing other things happen. The big return by Tony, the the biggest return, pump return in NFL history, mm-hmm. 65 yards. I heard that he told somebody, sideline reporter before the game, look, there's never been a return for a touchdown. Y'all better watch out for him. Then he breaks that off. I just saw the Kansas City Chiefs elevate their game and not panic. You're down 10 points at halftime. 10 points at halftime. You get the football. You have to score on the opening drive in the third quarter. They do exactly that and apply the pressure to Philly. It looked like Kansas City was the team that had 30 guys on that roster who have played in this game before, and Philly had about, what, seven, eight, nine of them. Yeah, I mean, getting into a hole. I mean, yes, it's a little bit on the Eagles, who were outscored 24-11 in the second half. They were still in this game, though. Kansas City, though, with a 17-point fourth quarter. Uh, that's in no small part their second-half resurgence due to some of their play calling, specifically on those touchdowns to Sky Moore uh, and Kadarius Tony, essentially bumped the same play on opposite sides. 
were they tapping into like a rule of the Eagles uh, defense? Because it looked like Darius Slay on the Tony one. Yeah. It looks like Darius Slay is motioning like uh, not motioning, excuse me, um, is is communicating with the other guys. Hey, like this guy's in motion. Yeah. And then they start double teaming Kelsey. And then Tony kind of whips back and just yeah. kidding. He's still on the outside. That's the greatness of Andy Reid. He saw something on film. Look, when you motion over, you show that motion. You're either going into a jet sweep or you're going to like some type of shallow or crossing route by that receiver. The defense has to communicate and you switch off. Right, So you get them in that gray area to where you have to communicate, you have to switch off, and you send them back to the sideline. Just great job by Andy Reid there. He also did the same thing with Travis Kelsey. You motion him. He starts mm-hmm. outside. You motion him into the slide. Now you got him on a safety. Kelsey's going to mix up safeties. Now DBs, he has the size on the DB, but DB has the hips and the quickness, excuse me, a cornerback, to stay with him. This is Andy Reid putting his players in the most advantageous position possible to make a play, that's part of his greatness. When I get, in that, get into four-down territory, I'm going to break it down even more. Andy Reid was throwing jabs all game, throwing a jab, showing you a fake hook. Right now, you, now you're flinching with the hook. Boom, hit you with the uppercut. It was beautiful to see Andy Reid, and I'm going to throw the enemy in there too because they are a team, but Reid gets most of the love as he should. Those guys were going to work, man. Hear that? You're going to have a whole new appreciation for Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy during four-down territory. You don't want to go anywhere. Um Outside of the quarterbacks, outside of the head coaches and coordinators, outside of the plays, the biggest story everyone was talking about, a controversial call. Mahomes, pressure, lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Hang on, there's a penalty. Prior to the pass, holding, number 24, defense, five-yard penalty. I think on this stage, I, I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. Just it changes the entire complexion of how this classic game is going to end. That it does. It was a fantastic game heading into that one. An immediate classic, right? You kind of wanted it to go into OT or you wanted the Chiefs to have to go for either a field goal or a touchdown. Instead, a controversial holding call with one minute, 54 remaining, gives the Chiefs a new set of downs and and time to uh, wind down the clock, bring it down to eight seconds, kick a field goal. Eagles can't respond. That's the final score, 38-35. Should the refs have made this call? Was it the right call? Well, this was the talk of my thread. I'm in a thread with like 10 former players, and these dudes play. Some of these guys have won some Super Bowls. I'm not going to drop names. I'm not going to drop names. You can use your imagination. I mean, some of these guys have won Super Bowls. Yeah, I'm not not, not here for the clout. You know what I mean? But I'm in this this group, and here's the problem I have with that. One, it's the moment. You got to let the players decide what's going on there. Two, this happens whenever a DB is in man. They are taught you're going to pull at the hip. You're going to pull at the jersey just a little bit. And for most of the game, this is happening when uh, when Philly's in man and these referees aren't calling it. So that's what bothered me is that if you're going to call at the end of the game, I need to see two or three of those mm-hmm. throughout the duration of the game. So it makes sense. Is it the right call? That was the right call. I'm not going to deny it. He held him. He pulled him twice. Once when he was going in. Once when he was going out. You make that call. That was the right call. But as a football player, as a football mind, as a referee, who understands what's going on right now. Who sees? Look, Juju Smith-Schuster did not spin around and was totally impeded and couldn't continue his route. Did it slow him down a little bit? Yeah. Have you seen, uh, have you seen that movie? Um Man, uh, the movie with uh, Tom Cruise and uh, he's a race car driver. No, he's a race car driver. Uh, he's a Tom Cruise is a yeah, race car NASCAR driver. Yeah, car driver. Oh, I can't believe I know I'm you're just doing the driving. Uh, 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 okay, other words. Three anyway, words. Anyway, there's a saying in that movie, all right? Rubbing is racing. 
get up on on the on the bumper of the car. You're rubbing. That's racing. Tugging is route running. Yeah. It's one on ones. That's yeah. what happens. That's why you teach techniques as receivers to swipe the hand off you because the referees aren't going to call that nine out of ten times. Uh, so that's what got me is that it wasn't consistent on how the game was being called. And yeah. then in that moment, you zebras do not insert yourself. Let these dudes handle it unless Days of Thunder. Thank you, 509. Um, that's the name of the Tom Cruise movie. You had never seen that? It's a good one. Check I haven't seen a lot of movies. You know who one. gets really upset about that? Mike Salk. He always brings up these references from movies, and I'm like, if it was before 2004, I probably haven't seen it. It was definitely before 2004. <laughs> Great movie. I loved it. Um, so that's what got me. It's like this happens all the time. That is part of route running. You got to deal with it. There are things that us receiver coaches teach our guys to prepare them for that moment. DBs are taught to do that. It just wasn't consistent on how the game was being called. And in that moment, man, just let them play. Unless it's blatant. Just let them play the game. Well, because in that moment, the call does decide the game, right? Uh, If it ends up being a touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster, all right, then that, I mean, unless Juju steps out of bounds, okay, then that gives the Eagles enough time to respond. If they don't get it, right, if it's not called, Juju's upset, but there's no flag, then they have, then they kick for a field goal or maybe go for it on fourth down. Both Yumi and Curtis figured, like, they probably kick a field goal there. Okay, yeah. then the Eagles have a chance to go down the field and get a field goal or a touchdown, right? Either way, the Eagles have more time. You know that handing Kansas City a new set of downs ends the game. effectively ends the game. And I don't think there, there are some people this morning that are saying, Hey, that wasn't the right call. It it shouldn't have been, um, not that it shouldn't have been made, but like it wasn't the letter of the law, which is wrong. I think the vast majority of people talking about it this morning are saying, I know what the rule is Mm -hmm. and any pulling on a Jersey, any pulling, even slight pulling is a violation of that. And it is a foul for defensive or for holding. Like that's the call. Um, but the idea is you need to weigh the impact of what you're calling on this game. If it is slight, maybe you let them get away with it because you know that calling that ends the game. Yeah, it essentially ended the game right there. So, um, I mean, it's the right call. He followed the, the rules, time. but it's the wrong time. Baby. It really is. You zebras, you let the players figure this thing out. But. Other than that, it was a great game. This is what you wanted. 35-38 down to the wire. You don't know who's going to get this thing done. And who's to say that Philly gets the football and it's not guaranteed they're going to go down and kick a field goal and tie the ball game up? No, there are things that could happen. It just makes you wonder, what if? All right, let's get to Headline Rewrites. Headline Rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacey. Headline number one, the Jets have reportedly checked in with the Packers on Aaron Rodgers' availability in a trade. What's the real headline? Shooter shoot. That's the real headline. Keeping it simple, Bump. You say it all the time. Shooters Shoot! Jets got to do what they got to do. Hey, why not? You got Nathaniel Hackett over there. Why not you? <laughs> why not you? Oh, no, don't do it, Russell. <laughs> why not us? Um, you got Nathaniel Hackett over there. And Rodgers said, look, they bonded with his time over there with the Packers. He got a couple MVPs. So why not shoot your shot? Also, Rodgers said, look, man, or excuse me, the Jets are saying if they still want Wilson to develop under a veteran quarterback, why not bring Rodgers over there and have him watch what Aaron Rodgers does? Mm-hmm. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to hold his hand and take him to the playground and tell him all the rules and stuff. That's not how Aaron Rodgers works. No. But you will see how he prepares. You will get an insight to how he thinks, how he breaks down plays. That's a good situation for Wilson. That will give him a second chance at this thing. 
Um, yeah, shoot your shot. Nathaniel Hackett. Man, you, he, uh, I don't think he, he can't contact him yet, right? But indirectly, yeah. you can reach out to this man and <laughs> well, let him know. Let's do something. You can give your player permission to, but the legal tampering period starts a lot closer to the beginning of free agency. You're right. I think just a couple days before. I was looking at Aaron Rodgers' salary. There is a potential out. The Packers obviously aren't going to take that. Why? When you could trade him. But he accounts for a $40 million cap hit in 2024. That jumps to 59 in 2025. If you're the Packers, you know that you have a road to the playoffs. And not only that, but a road deep into the playoffs as long as you have Aaron Rodgers. Do you decide to move on, stick with Jordan Love, start rebuilding? You know that the end is coming. Yeah, the end is near. <clears throat> it's just how far ahead can you get of the end, right? You have exactly. a quarterback. You drafted him for a reason. You thought Aaron was going to be done a few years ago. Decisions will be made. This is the fun time of the year. Different type of fun, right? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl's done. Different type of fun we're going to embark in here. Headline rewrites. Headline number two, Derek Carr says he will not waive his no-trade clause, which will likely cause the Raiders to release him. What's the real headline? I can think of 40 million reasons they're going to do that because three days after the Super Bowl, $40.4 million of Carr's three-year $121 million extension becomes guaranteed. So the Raiders can cut him before that and save some of that money. They're still going to take on some cap hit, but otherwise they're going to have a lot more cap room. If you keep him on starting Wednesday, that's all guaranteed. I mean, Derek Carr is getting released before Wednesday. It's just going to happen. He's got to. 32.9 before Wednesday. And then you add on his 7.5 guaranteed money from 2024. That's where you get that number from. If And then the cap hit is around like $5.6 million or something like yeah. that. You save so much money if you get rid of this dude. So I think that has to happen. Think about this. Derek Carr has played nine seasons under six different head coaches. Took his team to the playoffs twice. Broke his leg one year. Lost to, I believe, the Bengals that other time he took him to the playoffs. It's been rough over there for Derek Carr, man. He signs a deal in the spring, extending him, what, three years or something like that. McDaniel says, no, I want to get my guy in there. Imagine being Derek Carr. There's so much that's been going on, and you kind of feel like he's not appreciated. Is he one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I don't put him in that tier one. He's definitely a tier two. If he's surrounded by the right pieces, he can do something. And also, we talked about this a bunch of times. He's had no defense over there in Las Vegas, in Oakland. I'm curious to see how this thing all pans out and if he can go somewhere else and ball out. What was it? Uh, never had a defense ranked above 20? Above 20. I mean, think about Crazy. that. The entirety of your tenure. And Derek Carr is one of those sneaky names that pops up when each year you go in and you look at passing yard leaders and it'll be like, okay, Mahomes, previously Brady, mm-hmm. right? And then you go down. And then number four, Derek Carr. What? Where'd yeah. you come from? Like, Lingering. he just pops up. It doesn't matter the Raiders record. Like, he'll just pop up in there. It's like Devontae Adams this year had a sneaky great year. Or did he, right? Because we're just not paying attention to the Raiders' offense because of that final record. That defense needs help. I'm curious to see if Derek Carr can find the kind of resurgence that Matthew Stafford did, where you get on a new team with more weapons, and you don't have to be the guy. You just have to be good enough. Past four seasons, the Raiders have been a top-10 passing offense. It's not on accident. Derek Carr can can do some things, man. Headline Rewrites. Headline number three, the Kraken snapped their losing streak with a 4-2 win over the Flyers yesterday, but Matty Beneers had to be helped off the ice after taking a puck to the leg in the game's closing seconds. What's the real headline? So maybe the Kraken lost after all. Yeah, right. Sure hope not. You get this W, 4-3 over the Flyers. You end a three-game losing streak. But at what cost, man? Yeah. You lose Maddie. He's already been banged up because of Myers' punk, you know what, over there. Um, so, yeah, you take the win. 
but more concerning. You got to have your dogs in a fight the second half of the season. And Maddie Beneers is the glue to this team at, what, 19, 20 years old? 20. Uh, he's young, so hopefully the bounce back is crazy. Remember our bounce back when we were in our 20s? It was amazing. It was unreal. Was That's amazing. why I'm happy for Patrick Mahomes winning all these Super Bowls in his 20s. You know what I mean? Get it out of the way. <laughs> Just go out, party, get back to it the next day. Let me tell you what. Super Bowls in your 30s, it's going to be a different story, Patrick. A different, different story. story. You know what? The you think Maddie- Tom Brady, when he celebrated after winning the Bucks Super Bowl, he had like half a beer. I think he had, <laughs> yeah. When he looked as out of it yes. as he did. And I think he had a hangover for six days, minimum. <laughs> like, I think it was, I think he could barely, he gets out of bed the next day, his hips hurt. And he's he was no on a idea boat? Why. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I know, I know. With the Maddie Beneers thing, it reminds me of, what was it in Infinity War where it's like, what did it cost you? The answer is everything. That's how it feels for Facts. the Kraken. Maddie Beneers, if you could just stay on the ice. Well, and Andre Burakovsky's still out too. Your oh, leading scorer. Oh, God. That's a lot of offense, too. That's definitely a lot. All right. Uh, We have a lot coming your guys' way. It is going to be a Super Bowl-heavy show, though we have a very fun week of shows planned. We're going to get into some draft talk later this week. We'll get into baseball stuff. Don't worry. But it was just the Super Bowl. We have a lot to talk about, and there are conversations that are going to affect the Seahawks. I mean, we're going to talk about the future of the Eagles and the NFC bump. It doesn't look like they're going anywhere. Right. We're going to talk about uh, a quarterback hit uh, and salary cap and um, and the impact that that had. Obviously, you're going to get into some X's and O's. We're going to have a new appreciation for Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid coming up at 1115. And we didn't even talk about the halftime show yet. Mm. Y'all going to hate me. Are they? Some of y'all. It's a pretty good tease. Some of y'all. Should we get to it at the beginning? (laughs) Next. Let's come out hot. Let's come out hot with our halftime show takes. And then what we're going to get to is a conversation about Patrick Mahomes, who put an old adage to rest. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Bump was trying to remember a movie in which Tom Cruise played a race car driver. You couldn't think of it. It was on the tip of your tongue. We got like 50 people on the text line saying, Days of Thunder. And then you got a text from a coworker. I yeah. got a text from a different coworker saying, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. You upset the Days of Thunder crowd, hey, man. Great movie. That last scene where he's about to turn into it. the fog. He doesn't know what's going to happen. There's cars flying everywhere. Boom. <laughs> Days of Thunder, great movie. I've been convinced to watch it, so I'll watch it later. Uh, one thing I did enjoy before we get to the conversation we're about to have, which you guys will want to hear, hang on two seconds, because we got to talk about Bump's halftime take. Uh, you got into some hot water, hot water with a friend of ours. It's Mr. Bob. How Mr. dare Bob you, Stone. Michael? I feel like he called me Michael. He didn't he call really me Bob. He really did. No, you know he, what I'm he said it, and it was, a, it was aggressive. Yeah, it was aggressive. <laughs> so th- this was my take. I'm in the moment. I'm watching Riri. Mm-hmm. She's floating. Our guy, Taylor Jacobs, made a great comparison. She's on a Smash Bros. uh, type of contrapment. She's floating in the air. She's showing the prego belly. Ain't seen you in six years, Riri. Where you been? I'm in the moment. I'm like, this is amazing. These angles, these angles, these camera angles, like this is amazing. And I tweeted out, I go, Man, I thought last year's was dope. This might be the number one spot. And then the 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 late forties, early fifties, and six year old crowd came after me, boy. They're like, Prince, what about Prince? And I go, I, I just didn't see that performance. I, I apologize. And then Bob goes, What did he say to me? I, he goes, Well, Prince is the standard. I go, 
okay, well, I just haven't seen it. Right. And I go, that's an opinion. He goes, well, it's a it's a popular opinion. And, and you how should, can you have an opinion you if, have you one haven't if you haven't seen, seen it? it? I go, I didn't. I just said these are my top two. I'm like, come on, Bob. I love you, Bob baby. Was eating. So Bob was sitting there doing push-ups talking about I'm about to get bummed tomorrow. But um, it's all love, Bob. <laughs> doing the upside-down 50-cent yeah, crunches. Right? He's doing He's the 50 crunches. That's what it is. So then I wake up this morning, and I go, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to watch the Prince performance. And mm-hmm. I watch it, and I'm... No lie. I watched it, then I watched the commentary as well to kind of get in the mode that people were in. It wasn't supposed to rain that day. It was in Miami, I believe. It starts to rain. People are concerned about the, uh, you know, the electricity and all that shit with the guitars and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And um, Prince puts on a heck of performance. Like, he kills it. Then Purple Rain is playing. Mm -hmm. The rain is coming down. When it's raining. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. He's playing other people's songs. He killed it. It was iconic. But then I'm like... I just don't connect with Prince like that. Yeah, I was, um, I was, you know, I was born in, in the '80s. I grew up listening to Prince. My mom played Prince all the time and dance. I remember waking up Sunday mornings and dancing for Prince. Uh, but I just didn't connect to it the same way that other people do. Now, let me make it clear: Prince, one of the greatest musicians of all time. He can pick up any instrument and play that thing right now. I appreciate Prince. It was iconic. But for me, I connect more with. You know what I'm saying? Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. Eminem, Lamar, and then Riri. Rihanna. I ain't seen you in six years. I'm, I'm listening to her songs being played. I'm telling my 12-year-old, like, you were one when this came out. You were two when this came out. So personally, I connected more with those performances. And then I went back and I watched last year's performance. And I'm from L.A. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Snoop Dogg get up there, sea walking. I start sea walking with him. I know all the words. I'm like, I just connect more with this. So there's no diss on Prince, and some people say it's the standard. That's your standard, and I, I accept your standard. Yeah. I'm from L.A. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J., Eminem, 50. For me, that was it. That, to me, is the best Super Bowl halftime show. But again, I think the lesson we're walking away with, Bump, is that the Super Bowl halftime show is always judged by your own personal standard. Exactly. And you need to stop <laughs> stop throwing Bruce Springsteen on everyone, okay? Hey, the Who was a halftime show at some point. Just think about the it. Who. Think about it. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes put an old adage to rest. Why? Mahomes accounted for 17.6% of Kansas City's salary cap in 2022. Bump, that is the most ever for a Super Bowl winner. Prior to Mahomes, Tom Brady had the two highest spots. So he set the new record at 12.6% with the 2021 Super Bowl victory, coincidentally over the Chiefs. Um, and then before that, he was the record holder with 12.4. So about 12%, 12.5% before this for both times for Tom Brady. Uh, the average percentage for a quarterback to win the Super Bowl is 10% because there have been some rookies in there that are bringing it down. Um, but overall, we haven't seen something like this. We've seen guys enter a Super Bowl even higher than this. Peyton Manning with 18% for the Colts, but never has a quarterback won a Super Bowl accounting for this high a percentage of the salary cap. And I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see it. I wanted Philadelphia to win this game. I was rooting for Philly. But either way, it was going to be a win because you're going to get a, a a complete team with a quarterback who was um, underrated, counted out, persevere, and win a game. And then on the other side, you have the guy who's the face of the NFL now, and he was going to do something that hadn't been done before. Mm -hmm. And that's an argument that we hear all the time, especially when it comes to this Geno situation. Not saying Geno is Patrick Mahomes. Simmer down now. Don't come after me, all right? Just don't even, don't even, (laughs) take that thought out of your mind. The response that you had, take it out of your mind. Don't think that thought, okay? (laughs) Um, But Pat Mahomes is doing some things 
that we just love to see. He's winning ball games. He's the what the second quarterback to win an MVP in the season and to win a Super Bowl. And now he's shattering uh, the notion that you can't win with your quarterback being paid X amount of dollars. It's not common that it happens, but you can no longer say it can't be done. You cannot operate that way. You cannot build a team that way. I don't think it's the most consistent way to do it, but Mm -hmm. when teams go after it like that, you can no longer say it can't be done. It's another possibility, another way of doing business. Well, and also I want to add on that I don't want to see the goalposts keep moving on this one, right? Because what you're going to start seeing is, okay, well, sure, it was 17%, but it was Patrick Mahomes. That's different. Mm -hmm. So then what if someone else does it? What if Joe Burrow gets money and it's, okay, well, it's Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. They're the only ones who do it. Yeah, it is significantly harder to win a Super Bowl with that much of your salary cap going to a quarterback because you're usually a really good team that's not getting high draft picks Mm -hmm. and you're not Mm -hmm. able to stock up in the same way. So either you got to hit on more draft picks, which is really hard to do, hit on trades and free agency, or have that quarterback be so dang good that he makes up for holes you have elsewhere. Luckily for the Chiefs, they happen to have a lot of that. They've hit on draft picks, right? They've had great contributions from starters, and they've stayed, for the most part, pretty dang healthy. So you ended up, you know, getting away with having that. I just, I know, bump, I sense it, I smell it in the air, I sense it, that the conversation is going to become, well, it's Patrick Mahomes, he's the outlier. And he is. Yeah, he of is. course. Every, but, now, every now and then you the get a player like that. Yeah, exactly. You can have both. You can say... Okay, Pat Mahomes shattered that, that he can't get paid X amount of dollars and win a Super Bowl. You can also say that Pat Mahomes is a special type of dude. He's a baller. He's a gamer. I think Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes for the most part of the game. But when it was time to win, Patrick Mahomes says, look, I'm league MVP. Mm-hmm. I've done this before. I've won a Super Bowl. This is my time to shine. And then I just look at the Kansas City Chiefs um, salary and guys, guys who are getting paid. And their top five guys are getting money right now. Patrick's getting 45. Jones is getting 20. Mm. Orlando Brown's getting 16. Thoney's getting 16. Frank is getting 15. Travis is getting 14. all those guys are performing and living up to it. All performing. So it's all about how you want to spend your money. No one can no one can look at my bank account, look at my bills, and tell me how to spend my money. As long as the bills are paid, all right, the family's good. We still get our vacation. The kids got everything they need. The wife can go get her nails done every week. <laughs> Don't tell me how to spend my money. We good is working over here. You might have the same salary that I have and have some of the same expenses, but you choose to spend your money else, elsewhere in, in a different way, and it works for you. I think that's what Casey is showing well, us. Well, and it's about having the funds that you have invested pay off. Like that list you you just read has this year's MVP. It has a candidate for defensive player of the year in Chris Jones. It has the guy who led the league in receiving touchdowns with Travis Kelsey. And it has a guy that I think has like a record for postseason sacks. You know what I mean? Like you want to talk about where your money's going. You're seeing the return with not just above average play, but with really, really impactful play league leading performances from the guys on this roster. If you look at the top five paid players for the Seahawks, and I don't just want to throw the Seahawks out here for really any team, what's the return you're getting? That's really what it comes down to. Like, you can have this percentage going to, you know, four guys if those guys are really performing. Right. Like, you look at Seattle's top paid, and you've got Quandre yeah. Diggs, who's great. Jamal, oh, I'll you run have it a list. DK's yeah. number one. Okay. Jamal's number two. Locky three. Diggs four. Nuosu five. Nuosu? Yeah. So, I mean, all great players. None of them are guys I would want to move on from. Mm-hmm. Were any league leaders in one particular category? No, no. And the, Were any and, defensive or offensive player of the year? No. And again, I love these players. They're, I would never in a million years think like they aren't good. But when you talk about having that much invested 
And to be fair, the Chiefs have more invested in some of these guys than do the Seahawks. Um, that's that's the kind of return you're looking for. Here, here's the difference. Real quick, I'll look at Philly as well. They're top five. You got Brown, Thompson, Slay, uh, Mailata, and Reddick. The only difference between the Seahawks and the two teams that competed in the Super Bowl last night is that the Hawks have no one in their top five on the O-line or on the D-line. Both of these teams who competed Ooh, last night have invested on O-line and D-line. So I'm not mad how the Hawks are spending their money, but it's a copycat league, right? These two teams are competing. We got to spend money in them trenches. Well, and importantly, they spent on offense. The Chiefs spent a lot uh, in free agency on the offensive line, particularly after their Super Bowl loss to the Bucks, and it worked out for them with mm-hmm. uh, Orlando Jones working out, and then they've got some other guys that have worked out. Um and then the Eagles have drafted a lot of their guys, including some guys that have had really long careers, right? That's yeah. also really important. Like, there are guys who I think, I think it was from, like, Andy Reid's tenure still there. Yeah. Um, so those guys are getting paid a lot because they're in third extensions, right? Yep. Either way, you found ways to hit in free agency, hit in the draft, and that's why they're getting paid that much money. So, again, I'm glad that the debate has not been put to rest. Let's be it, real. It never will be. It never will be. What I'm glad is that another little twist, a wrench love has been it. thrown into it. Love it. Love it. Always love it. All right. You are listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. The Super Bowl sent a clear message to the rest of the football world, but it has nothing to do with the Chiefs. That's next. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. Three other stories I love coming out of this one, Bump, and they all have to do with one player. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Had a great night. I mean, he finished uh, completing 71% of his passes for 304 yards, a passing touchdown, a 103.4 rating. He also led the team in rushing with 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. He did have a fumble. This is the first story I love. And apologized to teammates after the game. After the game, in the locker room, Brandon Graham told reporters this, Jalen Hurts apologized to teammates, tried saying, like, hey, this is on me, right? I gave up a seven-point play in a game in which we lost by three. That's on me. And teammates, Brandon Graham said teammates wouldn't let him do it. They were like, hey, forget it. We lose as a team. Mm -hmm. We're together. Like, this is what it is. But that's the first thing I love. The first story I love coming out of this is he is just such a leader at such a young age. Like, I think Philly really found something special. He's a extremely mature human being, and it goes back to his days at Alabama. Mm-hmm. One, if you were going to play for Nick Saban, you better be mature, or he will replace you and get rid of you. In the national championship game, Tua comes in to relieve Jalen Hurts, throws a touchdown. The rest is history. Jalen Hurts decides to transfer to Oklahoma. He goes over there, and he tears it up. He enters the league, and people are asking him, you want to be a receiver? You should probably be a receiver. You're more of a, of a runner. We don't really see you as a quarterback. He goes, nah, I'm good. Goes over to Philly, sits for a year, year and a half, year and some change, plays a little bit his rookie year. Second year, gets his team to the playoffs, and now has a chance to win a Super Bowl. Not only does he have a chance to win, he goes out, and he was the best quarterback on the field that day, mm. in my humble opinion. Pat Mahomes came through when it was time to win and does what he does. Not that Mahomes wasn't great. Yeah, Mahomes was great. That's not what he's saying. No, Mahomes did his thing. But overall, now we cannot disregard the fumble that my guy had. You know what he did after that fumble? 12 yards, 75, 12 plays, 75 yards, leads his team for a touchdown to bounce back. I'm just looking at Jalen Hurts with all the doubt, 
all the hate that's going on. You got kicker saying, make him play quarterback. Did a great job at the quarterback position. Scores a two-point conversion to tie the game. Like, when he could have broken, he never breaks. He just never breaks. And his demeanor stays the same. He's consistent. He takes responsibility. I'm just extremely impressed with this young man and how he handled himself all this year and especially in the Super Bowl. I mentioned there were three things that I loved about the story all tied to Jalen Hurts. We're going to have you react to all three of them. That was the first was, you know, just how he played and how in command he was. Uh, You thought that he was the better of the two overall uh, quarterbacks on the night and also the accountability that he took for that fumble Mm -hmm. uh, after the game was my first favorite thing. My second is what other people had to say, specifically Patrick Mahomes. Take a listen. Yeah, I mean, if there was any doubters left, there there shouldn't be now. I mean, the way he stepped up on this stage um, and ran through the ball, whatever it took for his team to win. I mean, that was a special performance that I, I don't want to get. Lo- I don't want it to get lost in the in the the loss that they had. I mean, even in, whenever we got all the momentum in that game and and we went up eight points in the fourth quarter, for him to respond and move his team right down the football field and run it in himself for the two point conversion, it was a special performance by him, man. And, and um, I mean, it, you make sure you appreciate that when you look back on this game. That make sure you appreciate that, Mahomes says of Jalen Hurts. I mean, look, I don't think that this is Mahomes just saying things. Uh, to be polite and in the in the you know framework of like good sportsmanship, I think this is another quarterback looking at what Jalen Hurts did, saying, "Oh my god!" And it makes it makes you hard. It makes it hard to hate on Pat Mahomes. It does. When in that moment he goes, "Yeah, I balled out. I did what we had to do. We did what we had to do. We got this W." But don't ignore what happened on that other sideline because there were times. There was a time where in ninety minutes, Kansas City ran nine plays. Because Philly's offense was out there just working, Mm -hmm. working. Then the defense comes in, three and out. Offense is working. You sit on the sideline, you're like, you're watching this go down, and you're saying this dude is playing at an extremely high level. So I appreciate Pat Mahomes for pointing that out. And I appreciate just the class and efficiency that we saw from both quarterbacks, honestly. Well, Pat Mahomes was 21 to 27, something like that, three touchdowns. Um, Then you got Hurts over there doing his thing. It was just a quality performance by both quarterbacks and for the winning quarterback the face of the NFL to shed some light on a guy who's been through some stuff and got Philly there man that was awesome all right well here's the third thing we've been talking about Jalen Hurts for the entire segment finally you're going to hear from him this is what he said post game I will say I'm so proud of this team for everything that we've been able to overcome obviously we had a big time goal in the end that we wanted to accomplish and we came up short you know I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone experiences different um, agonies of life. But you decide if you want to learn from it. You decide if you want to use that to be a teachable moment. And I, I know what I'll do. Bump, it's not great news for the Seahawks that Jalen Hurts looks for real and mm. the Eagles aren't going anywhere. But it is great news for football. It is. This league is driven by quarterbacks. These are the guys who get all the endorsements get all the MVPs, 10 straight, who get all the love and they get the blame as well. So it's the NFL is in a good place right now. And the NFC needed a quarterback to step up and be like, don't forget about the NFC. So right now I would say you got Dak Prescott, you have Jalen Hurts. I know people are going to say Dak is garbage. Okay, one bad year. Let him live. Um, Right now you still got Aaron (laughs) Rodgers over here. We'll see what happens there. You have, um, I guess, Matthew Stafford. We can't. You gotta include him. You, you just want to include a Super Bowl. him, and we'll see. We'll see what Kyler Murray looks like. He has the talent to do that. But this league is driven by quarterback play. So when you have a guy and and stories as well. I mean, we've been on Demar Hamlin forever, as we should. Mm-hmm. 
but you need stories like this to keep the offseason going and keep people interested in the game. And you need new characters every year. We had a character in Brock Purdy this year, mm-hmm. a Mr. Relevant, come out and do his thing. So, no, this is good for football, man. Whenever you have great quarterback play, the league is thriving and there's more to talk about. When what are you talking about after the game? You made a great point, right? I love that you said that, the stories you're talking about. Like if I said, hey, Patrick Mahomes was what for what with his completions, people would be like, I don't know. And if I said, well, you know, what do you love from Patrick Mahomes? They'd be like, oh, my God, he played on this, you know, bum ankle heading into the mm-hmm. game and then he re-injured it. And you thought he wouldn't come back in, but then he did. He came back in in the second half. They go off for 24 points. That's the story. It's not about his completion percentage or how many yards he had. It's yeah. Patrick Mahomes played on a high ankle sprain, re-injured it, and then came back into the game. Right? Yeah, and and Pat Mahomes had probably his best Super Bowl. And the other Super <laughs> yeah, Bowls he actually. was in, he only completed like 54% of his passes. I don't think he should have been MVP in the first Super Bowl that he no, won. No, probably shouldn't have. So we look at the quarterback play and we go, Pat Mahomes had his best Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts silenced all the doubters when it comes to him throwing the football. And it was great to see, man. That's what you want to see. You wanted to come down to the last drive. You wanted to come down. Now, we don't want it to come down to the last drive and the Zebras get involved. But that's what you expect to see. Two number one seeds. Both have the same record coming in. Both average about, excuse me, both scored exactly the same amount of points during the regular season. Both have a brother with the Kelsey last mm-hmm. name. You know what I mean? Like These teams were so evenly matched that it was going to take a great performance by the guys under center to push them ahead, and that's what they did. I only wish it would have gone to overtime. Alas, mm. maybe in another world. All right, uh, for people who love football X's and O's, you're going to really want to stick around for Four Down Territory, where Bump is going to talk about the brilliance of Andy Reid, specifically what he saw from the Chiefs' offensive game plan before then, though. We're going to get your heart rate going just before your lunch break with plays of the game. Don't go anywhere.